This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome to episode number 31 of Chicken Salad. My name's Ben Locke, and let me bring in my two co-hosts. First of all, last Christmas, he gave Goldie his heart, but the very next day, she gave it away. This year, to save him from tears, he'll give it to someone special, like the Toxic Lot, of course. It's Logan Crosley. Good evening, Logan. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Ben, and only if only I could give it to the toxic lot, I would probably be a very happy, heavy person. But uh, I think I think they will deny my invitation to let me join them. Uh, but I think I'll get over it. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a Christmas party that would be tremendous. I, 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 I would very much like to see photos of that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be in the little toxic lounge that they have in the NXT arena. I would I would I would live that up. It would be awesome. The Toxic Lot have a Toxic Lounge? They do. They do have a Toxic oh, Lounge. Oh, what a treat. It's got couches and love seats and everything. Love seats, amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> see, see, who says NXT's, you know, rubbish? I mean, I mean, that's just... What more do you need? Just two hours of that will do. Exactly. Get that. Get the girl with the bottom in there, and then, we're, you know, that's a party. <laughs> Girl with the bottom. Why do you know a name? Maybe you should learn it. Well, maybe I should. <laughs> right, as for my other co-host, he doesn't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing he needs. He doesn't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. He just wants him on his own more than you will ever know. Just make his wish come true. All he wants for Christmas is Drew. It's Callum at Dougal. Merry Christmas and good evening to you, Callum. Thank you, thank you. I literally changed. I literally changed one word. That's all I did. <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, good evening. Merry Christmas, one and all. Uh, that that was what what an intro that is. And I just wanted to say that there's that there's 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 two things I want. Obviously, the one is Drew, so you 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 got that one. But also um, the new um, the 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 new uh, album from um, Logan and the Toxic Lot. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't know if you've heard of it. It's um, the, the girl with the bottom. Um, oh yes, yes. <laughs> Is that like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Logan in the Toxic Lot. <laughs> the Toxic Lot, yes. Uh, live from the live from the um, live from the the, the Toxic Lounge. Uh, and, uh, with, the, with the girl the at the bottom is Nikita Lyons, by the way. Okay, and then the the, the difficult the difficult second album entitled "That Girl Who Wears the Pajamas." 
<laughs> I think I think Ben, obviously, once he, he finishes recording this wonderful podcast, needs to go and listen to uh, another wonderful podcast on the feed. Who's next? I think he ah, should. I, I've heard about this, yes. There you go. You've started early. We're not even on a Twitch feed. There you and go. This is, and this is why you're the best podcast plugger in the game. Oh, I, I do try. I do try. Absolutely. Right, gents. Um, I had the pick this month. Uh, so I have gone for a show that probably should have been the biggest home run in all of wrestling and was ruined by the usual paranoia and egos that are rampant in the company it took place in. Uh, we've gone for, I've gone for WCW's Starcade of 1997. So I know that you're both far too young to have watched it live, but Logan, when was the first time you saw it? Um, it was probably, I mean, this seems to be a lot of the WCW pay-per-views, but probably when the network started. Um, I want to say maybe I found this one on YouTube at one point before the network came out, but it was pretty close when the network came out if it wasn't the first time. Uh, wasn't when I got the network, but it, it, it was around 2014, 2013, something like that. Okay. Uh, same question to you, Callum. I'm guessing yours probably a bit later than that, maybe. Um, <clears throat> slightly later than that. Other than the other than the main event, this is the first time I've watched the whole show all the way through. Oh, I see oh. a new a new pair of eyes on things. This is what we like. On yes. Pictures. I so obviously obviously you've you've seen the seen the main event. I think it's uh, it's infamous for. All the reasons that we'll probably discuss later on, but beyond that, it's um, beyond that, I've never seen the need to watch the whole thing. Okay, I mean, I've only seen it a couple of times myself, but like, obviously, we didn't really get them. I mean, we got the WCW pay per views on German television over here, but I, I don't recall seeing this one, so I think, I think I only saw it for the first time, maybe properly all the way through like five, six years ago. Yeah, Callum's new pair of eyes that he immediately wanted to. Uh, pour a rubbing alcohol into because he hated this show. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like he should and, have. And and we'll get and we'll go through exactly all the reasons why in the next hour and a half. He says, "See, that's a good. See, that's I'm learning how to present now. Like you know, tease things. This is good. You know, I'm 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 learning. I'm I'm growing as a person. This is this is good." Uh, so this show was in Washington, D.C., gentlemen. So let's go there for Starcade of 1997. We start things off with a very moody intro video package focusing on Sting and some and some graphics telling us he was watching from the shadows, saw the ruining of the Empire. Now he wants to see the ruin of one man. No, this makes no sense grammatically. But work with me here, people. Into the arena. And our commentary team is Tony Schiavone, Mike Today. And for the first time in 31 episodes, I don't know how we have gone this long without having a pay-per-view with this man on commentary. It's Dusty Rhodes. Now, Callum, I don't know if you know this, but Dusty had a couple of sons in the wrestling business. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of either of them. Yeah, that did, baby. I had a, I had a woman in every pot, and I, 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 I had a thorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of them, one of them was a was a young chap named Cody, 
who apparently, you know, he, 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 he might have created one company and doing quite well with another. And then another. Never heard, another, never heard them. Yeah, oh yeah. I've never, never, heard, never, heard, never heard of him. Never heard of him either. And then his other son was a young man named Dustin Rhodes. He, he's had quite the storied career. He played gold dust in the WWF, WWE. And when he was in WCW, he was known as. Well, they call him the natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's a son of a son. And son of a gun. The Haas does a rodeo bulldog. He's the natural one. He certainly is. He certainly is. There's an early Christmas treat for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and also, I, I mean, Logan has obviously been on this journey a lot longer than you, Callum. I don't know how we have gone this long without having the great man on commentary. I, I, I mean, it's very... Very, 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 very strange because the man is a, the man is he, he's he's up there with the greats um on 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 commentary, uh, with such insight um classic insight as he's got a bicycle, um <laughs> how he's and 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 many on this show, uh, uh, need need more that, dusty, and for that very very and for that very reason that Callum's mentioned we have a very special. Bonus award for this evening. We will be having our favourite Dusty Road line of the night. So that is coming up. I'm sure we've all picked out a few bits on when we're doing our reviews during the matches. That will so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Tony does welcome us and talks about the how to reduce the controversy of the main event. All the names of the rest were put in a hat and a name was drawn. Remember, gents, there is going to be no controversy in the main event. It is going to be clean as a whistle. No controversy. Tony also mentions all the WCW wrestlers in attendance. They've all got their best threads on and you can see them throughout the crowd and you'll see them throughout the night. We get our first great Dustyism of the evening as he compares Hogan and Sting to two cowboys in a Western at a bar. Tony also casually mentions that Kevin Nash is not going to be there tonight and won't be facing the Giants. So that's your semi-main event of this show already gone. We then head to the ring for our opening contest, which is for the Cruiserweight Championship. And it is between Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. I shall go to Callum first. Uh, now, this match, Callum, these two guys could have a good match in their sleep. But I, I don't know about you. I was I was slightly disappointed. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was, it was just a bit off this evening. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. Um the 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 one note I've got, and I've not got many notes for this match because I thought it's it was it was you know fine for what these two guys can do. Now these two guys having a fine match relative to what they can put on is better than than a lot of the guys can a lot of guys can put on. Um, it was a good way to start the show, but yeah, not the best they've ever had. Um. 
there was a couple of there was a couple of moments that I um, that I thought were, were were really nice. Eddie um, or Dean, sorry, flattened Eddie with a power bomb, and then an Alabama slam, which both of them looked as if they um, could have killed a man because um, he just he absolutely like threw him down harder than any man has ever thrown a man to a mat before. Um, there was the the sort of the um, the it, it was to be described like the stun gun on the back of the neck, but Eddie was like on the outside, so he dropped down to the floor. Uh, it was that that was that was kind of sick. But yeah, it's, when you think of what these two guys have done before, um, not up to not up to their very admittedly very very lofty standards. Absolutely, uh, Logan. I, I mean, said all that, I really did like the end. I wouldn't even say it was a sequence. It was it was literally the drop kick to the knee followed straight into the frog splash. Um, Eddie, that absolutely vicious with that drop kick at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually kind of disagree with you guys. I thought it was really good. I thought both guys uh, brought a little a lot of energy, a lot of aggressiveness uh, in this one. I thought they came out real aggressive, kind of cut a rapid pace, um, a lot of sick moves. I don't know if the mat or the ring was put together differently tonight, but it just sounded like it had an extra little snap. There were a lot of gross power bombs that were hit. I think Kyle mentioned one of them. And then that Alabama slam he hit was pretty gross sounding too. So um, the mat was uh, extra bouncy or whatever makes it makes that make that sound. Um, but I thought everything Dean did had a lot of snap to it, and he had a lot of intensity uh, throughout this one. Um, I, I thought Eddie would play the heel really well. He used, Anything he really seemed to do at the beginning of the match was either a cheap shot or he kind of had to cheat to get uh, Dean on the ground or Dean out of the ring or whatever. Um, but I, I thought this one was really energetic. Um, Eddie does some good leg work. Uh, he puts, the, uh, he puts uh, Dean's leg in between the post and the steps and like delivers a big kick to it i thought that was a good spot as well um but uh there was a german suplex at one point that got reversed and it, it got turned into a backbreaker i thought that was really awesome uh but the drop kick to the knee was a good way to finish uh followed by this frog splash i thought that was a really cool setup and kind of unique but uh yeah I, I really enjoyed it and went three and a half on it <laughs> Now, I know. Well, okay, so uh, now, now having just heard what I've just said, like I said, it was, you know, good, but not great. And I was a little disappointed. I've still got three and a quarter on it, Logan. So I'm I'm right with you. So, but I was also, I don't know if I was just expecting like this all time great opener. That's probably where I'm coming from. Uh, Callum, what was your rating? I didn't get your rating, mate. Um, well, I went three on it as well. Oh, so, so you see, so we're all in, we're all in reasonable distance. It's just, yeah, we just, true. we just, we just, me and Callum are just expecting more. <laughs> I, I, I was in a really good mood before that match, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and I'll also, I'll also say this might be, this might be an unpopular opinion. This little run of Eddie's with, if you couple this with the Mysterio stuff for the couple of, you know, for the Mysterio series, this is probably my favorite version of Eddie these three, four months. You know, the vicious gringo killer. I absolutely love this. Even more than lie, cheat, and steal, I would say. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. <laughs> After the match, uh, Scott Hall comes out to fill some time by completing the survey and letting everybody know that Kevin Nash is not here tonight. 
This is per- this is idiotic decision number one of the evening. As if Nash has got jobberitis of the knee or a heart attack, then Hall should have been should have stepped in for the match with the Giants. Instead, he just goofs around for a bit and reminds everybody he's got the title shot at Super Bowl. He lets the crowd know again that Nash is not there, and he wants the ref to come out and declare the Giant the winner. But the giant comes out and says he will get Nash eventually, which results in Hall getting press slammed then into a jackknife. Now, Callum, I don't know, I don't know about you, but wouldn't it be nice if we had, you know, let's just say if we had Kevin Nash on the line to to explain to us exactly why he wasn't here tonight? Wouldn't that be a marvelous? Wouldn't that be a marvelous thing to happen? I think it would be. I think we all deserve answers. And if Kevin Nash can, if Kevin Nash, if you can get Kevin Nash on this show to explain to us what happened, that would be that would be wonderful. I, I don't know. I mean, is is Kevin there? I don't know. I mean, I was getting a massage. What can I say? <laughs> uh, I didn't have time to go to the show. It was wasn't under my contract. I had I had a uh, I had wrestled enough dates at this point, and I just I didn't feel like wrestling the Giant that night. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, if I, Kevin, Kevin, if I was, but the fans deserve an answer, Kevin, you know, this is, this is just disgraceful. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not like somebody from the NWO to, to skip a show. Fuck the fans. Not my contract. <laughs> I go by the contract. If I get paid, cool. If I get paid extra, cool. I'll be there. But they weren't, well, willing, to, they weren't willing to play, so I wasn't there. <laughs> well, there, there you go. There you go. I mean, uh, I, I asked for an answer. I asked for an answer, Callum, and you know, go straight to the source. I say. But I, I watched. I watched a bit of the Kevin the Kevin Nash um, podcast on, like a clip for the Kevin Nash podcast the other day. <clears throat> which is, uh, anything I've watched on it always seems really good. But he said the one time that he locked up with Hogan. This is this is very on point for this one. He locked up with Hogan, and it was a bit. It was a bit stiff. For for old uh, Terry, that um, more than he liked, and he goes, "Whoa, slow down, buddy! We've already got their money." <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you good? So, <laughs> go go go, on, Kev. What were you gonna say? No, I said you you get it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Kevin, for coming on. We we appreciate you. Uh, Spending your time, and we'll we'll send that five hundred dollars over to you straight away. Okay. I'll be Bank expecting trans- it in the mail days. Oh, don't worry, we've got bank transfer now. It's all mod cons. Don't worry. Back to the ring, gentlemen. And after Scott Hall has been scraped off the floor, we have got our, our next match, which is a six-man tag pitting the NWO versus WCW, representing WCW. Oh, the world tag team champion, the Steiner Brothers, and they're taking on, uh, sorry, the Steiner Brothers and Ray Trailer, apologies, and they are taking on the team of Scott Norton, Vincent, and Conan. However, we find out Conan isn't there tonight. Uh, he's not there due to his wife giving birth in Mexico, and there are no flights to get in there on time. Now, Logan, putting our highway to the impact zone hats on for a second. Um, this match might be the greatest upgrade in wrestling history because we go from a match where 
Conan is potentially tagging with Vincent, for God's sake, and they replace Conan with the macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah, but hell of an upgrade, and uh, something must have been in the water. Uh, I think they said Dino's wife had just given birth, too, so uh, it's wild that two two people on the same roster's wife uh, gave birth at, that close together as well. Feb- February must have been a great time at WCW, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Whole lot of shagging happening at Super Bro. Oh, that's that's an image for you all, ladies and gentlemen. That those uh, rowdy, uh, rowdy, rowdy Piper, uh, Hulk Hogan matches really got people jazzed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will, I will, I will stick to Logan talking about the match. Um, now, it's it's it's. I think it's a pretty damn basic six man tag, but. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go throw out that booking, my booking thing. That like that first bit with Scott Sider and Randy Savage. Now there's a match between two men in their peak that I would a promo battle I would love to have seen. Oh, absolutely. And my first note is actually, goddamn Liz, because she came out and she <laughs> fucking amazing. So uh, NWO Liz is attractive than any other um, version of my so. sorry, sorry to cut in my one of my notes reads uh, miss elizabeth looking very milfy this evening 100 <laughs> percent um but uh i'll get to the match now um a- as good and crisp as i thought the last match was i thought this one started kind of rough uh and once <laughs> savage kind of tagged out he it was got a little bit boring um but i did think that the starting with uh scott and randy was good but i feel like they weren't at their uh, the top of their game to kind of start the match out. Um, when Scott gets a little more offense, uh, when Vincent comes in, uh, it gets a little bit more uh, exciting. Uh, the face offense is really good stuff uh, deep down, but uh, Vincent is so awful at taking it and apparently has lost the complete ability to know how to sell because I feel like he was pretty good in that face run at the beginning of that face run in WWF, but he's just awful, awful, awful at this point. So everything ends up kind of look, looking sucky because he doesn't know how to take anything. Um, Rick Rick comes in and power slams and suplexes everybody at one point. I thought that was a really awesome spot on the match, and I thought the uh, finish was uh, pretty solid uh, with uh, – Norton hit the electric chair and then uh, Savage hits the elbow. But I just went one and a half. I thought it was just not very good, but uh, had a good finish. Okay. Uh, Callum, um, what I will say, and Logan didn't mention it, is the. Um, now, I'm not. As we kind of mentioned Vincent not knowing how to sell, not knowing what to do. Um, are we, do we think that DDT at the end was meant to be a Steiner <laughs> Bulldog and they just. They just fucked it up totally, or what? I'm just, I'm, I'm still a bit confused with that because I think that might be one of the greatest finishing moves of all time if somebody wanted to bring that back. I, well, that's what I originally thought they were going for, but I have seen them do it before. I remember when I watched, um, if, if you watch some of the the Steiner's early WWF matches, they take poor jobbers out with, with um, what I've got noted here is the Doomsday DDT. So. Ah. That, so they obviously do it to, to people that they, they care very little for, which adds up by the, the, the Vincent. Um, I, the, the first thing that, I, that that came to mind, my first note is, given that last time out we watched um, Survivor Series 2003, which had banger theme tunes like um, Evolution, uh, and there was one, uh, uh, Kane's um, 2003 uh, theme, um, 
how can you have such a banger of an NWO A team theme, but the B team music is so crap. How can you not like that? Oh, <laughs> it's fine once, but then you have to hear it three, four times a show. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean this match. Uh, yes, I agree with you that that, that um, Randy Savage is an upgrade from um, from Conan. I think even two thousand and four TNA Randy Savage is probably an upgrade to nineteen ninety eight Conan. Um, <laughs> oh, don't know that one match. <laughs> but, but I thought. I thought Randy Savage destroyed his knee at Halloween Havoc. I thought he was out. I thought after the Halloween Havoc knee end, or was that the year after? When was Age in the Cage? I thought that was Havoc '97. No, Havoc '97 was uh, DD was the DDP match. So it was the year. It was the year before, wasn't it? '96. Was it '96? Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. The, I'm sure it's uh, the GD, I'm sure 97 is the DDP trilogy because in, in my head the timeline is he blows out his knee jumping to the top of that cage and that's him out and then he comes back all roided up but obviously not because he's he's he's, he's here um, but uh, so, uh, my, my timeline's obviously completely my timeline must be completely off um, I do feel it's very very harsh he's been lumbered with this match and if you look at what Savage and Scott Hall have done in the biggest night in the history of our sport. Such a waste. Such a waste. <laughs> um, but yes, my last last two points that I, I pointed out, I've not got very many notes on the match. I've got, I saw a sign, trailer will job for food, which I think is very harsh concerning Vincent's in the match. Um, <laughs> and have, talking of 1997, Miss Elizabeth, have you ever seen her and Jocelyn from Shit's Creek in the same room at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So, but the, the the crowd did love the finish. I've got a note on that as well. That's the one thing I've got about the wrestling is the crowd loves a savage elbow. They do, right? So I've had a look. So yes, it's Savage versus DDP in the Las Vegas Death Match at Halloween Havoc, and then it's Piper and Hogan in the steel cage. So does he jump off the cage in that match? Yeah, in the main event. No. Yeah. Yes. That's right, yeah. And then he's and then he's out officially from April ninety eight, if I remember right, because he has the match with he has the match with Sting on pay per view. So, and then and then right. very quickly after that, he must have been he working. Has, he must be working hard for a while. Huh? Yeah, so hence hence why I think they put him in a year like hid him in a year in a six man tag where he didn't mm. have to do much. Fair enough. That's that's my that's my that's my guess anyway. I'm going with my. And by the way, if we're talking like underrated banger theme tunes, um, you've just reminded me about Steiner Line. I'm, that's that's tremendous. Steiner Line. Thank you, thank you. See, I've got here, I've got here noted Steinerized. Is it Ste- is it Steiner Line? I thought we thought it was yeah, Steinerized. Like, no, it's Steiner Line. Isn't it? Is it Steiner Line? Because because it's Steiner Line. Right. Well, uh, yeah. You know, I know. I, 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 I. I know the I know the name of the move. I just always thought they were you were you were getting you were getting steinerized. Oh, there you go. You learn something every day. <laughs> See, I told you this podcast is an education. It certainly is. Before our next match, we go to Mean Gene, who gives us a hotline plug now. 
Logan, I don't know about you, but I bet Sean back in the day was a hotline plug kind of guy. I yeah, I, I could just imagine him, you know, just with his, you know, takeaway Spanish food, thinking there's a gap in the market here I could exploit. I mean, uh, sell. Listening into the latest scoops from uh, Mean Gene on the WCW outline, that's that's got to have happened at some point, hasn't it? When he was in college. Take away Spanish food, good God. But yeah, I could see it. I, I, I'm not sure he ever did, but I, I could definitely see it for sure. <laughs> after after the hotline plug, he brings out J.J. Dillon, who reveals that the referee for tonight's main event is going to be Nick Patrick. And remember, gentlemen, there will be absolutely no controversy as a result. No controversy. It's going to be straight down the line. No controversy in the main event. Because when we talk about a referee throughout the show, that means there will be no controversy. That will be no controversy. Our third match in the ring is a match between one Bill Goldberg as he faces Steve Mungo McMichael. Now, Callum, nobody ever talks about this little period of Goldberg's career. We we know he makes his debut in September of, of 97 WCW, and then we go straight to uh, to the U.S. title win in April. And I would suggest after watching this match, there is a bloody good reason why nobody talks about this uh, six-month period in Bill's life. Well, they should because you're, you're missing out on a work-rate classic between two ring generals right here. Um, I, I was just... I, the, the thing that, that got me... Yeah, it's nobody ever... Yes, it's for, for good reason. You're up against... Guys like Mongo, who Nick name value as a horseman, um, a horseman sans banger horseman music again questionable music choices here, um, but no, it, the nicest thing I could I, I called this match was unpolished was the <laughs> nicest thing I could say about it. Um, there was very little bit, very few bells and whistles, um. And I, I, when, when Goldberg was setting up the table on the outside to have, which Garner didn't eat for, for the table spot, the shittest table spot in the world, which did Garner an ECW chant, um, I could, was thinking, could you imagine they broke the streak here with a DQ loss to Mongo? How, <laughs> <laughs> how, how different WCW would have been? Like you get to the Georgia Dome and there's no unbeaten superstar to face Hogan and you're just like, hmm, okay. Um, yeah. The, the highlights of the match for me um, was the the shittest table spot. Um, this side of or that side of the Big Show at Extreme Rules 2011, if you remember that one, guys. Um, the uh, Mike Tenay was doing his best JR impression going through everyone's football accomplishments of both men. Um, trying to you know trying to say that Bill Goldberg failed Atlanta Falcon was up there with Super Bowl winner Steve Mongo McMichael. Um, and uh, Mongo almost lands on his head with a jackhammer. So, <laughs> yeah. I went one and a quarter star. It was a car crash, but it was... It was oh my God. God. Good Lord, Callum. Why? <laughs> has Callum been drinking already? Have I, have I missed something here? I did watch this last night. I may have had an alcoholic beverage watching it, but it was a car crash. <laughs> it was a car crash. I couldn't, I, I couldn't. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, I, couldn't, Logan, I couldn't help but enjoy. 
<laughs> now, Logan, as our resident American on this uh, program, uh, can you just help me out with something? Is is there a particularly big rivalry between Texas and Georgia? Because Dusty Rhodes mentions it about two or three times, so I thought I would ask before I uh, I went to the Google machine to have a look. Uh, not really, I don't think. Uh, not that I know of. Uh, I mean, just you know that th- they're big. Uh, Georgia and Texas are both kind of college football powerhouses, but I don't think they really played a bunch back then or anything like that. So I don't, I don't really know. I think it's just the, you know, they're both good at college football. So they, you know, they have a rivalry automatically or something like that. Ah, Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Now as for the match itself, uh, Callum said he kind of enjoyed it. Um, and I called it unpolished. I would, I went, I went a little bit more cynical, and I, I said it was the uh, probably the sloppiest match I've ever seen. Um, where, where are you standing on this? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely on your side. Uh, you, you, you mentioned uh, you were searching for good things uh, that happened in this match, Callum. There were none, so uh, <laughs> that, there's that. Um, I, I know Mongo had been in the business for about a year or so, but putting him in there while he's still green as grass with another person who just debuted and is also green as grass, probably not a good idea. Um, This match is awful. There's no psychology at all, which is not surprising. I know, duh, but um, how no one got hurt in this one, I will never, ever know because there's so many spots where somebody almost lands on their head. Something just doesn't go the same way or the right way. It's just, just not good at all. Um, it's a it's a miracle that Goldberg gets as far as he does in the next uh, six or so months, but uh, just not good stuff. I went dud. Uh, I went dud too. Um, I I I likened it. I I likened it to um, you know when you're playing a, a wrestling game on your your you can be on your PlayStation and or your Xbox and you don't know yet how to do any of the actual holes. All you know how to do is punch and kick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was basically what this match was like. It was just punches and kicks. And then, oh, Bill tries to put on a leg scissors. And that's kind of, that's kind of a wrestling hold. That'll do. There was literally that, the, the worst table spot in history and the jackhammer. They were the only wrestling moves in this match, as far as I could see. Oh, and the spear, four, sorry, four, four, four things you could kind of say were wrestling bits not even holds in the case of a table spot and, and he probably almost killed him in about half of those so <laughs> I, I would, you say that as if it's you say that as if it's a bad thing where you do punch kick and then have a couple of big moves at the end i can I draw your attention to the fact that mortal Kombat has sold 73 million copies <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's quite a quite a popular fighting style not and mortis was there so you know, Mortis and Clusion are in the crowd. It's all coming that's, together. It's all coming why, together. That's why I said wrestling game rather than fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, yes, uh, bowling shoe ugly, I think, is uh, the popular wrestling phrase of choice for that kind of match. That's, that's what we'll go with. <laughs> Our next match, uh, Pitt's Raven against Chris Benoit. But Raven comes out first. And says, much like our friend Kevin Nash, he's not wrestling tonight due to his contract demands. In reality, though, he was injured. So instead, we get a match between Chris Benoit and Saturn. Saturn 
rivals the right to censor for having quite possibly the worst entrance music in the history of in the history of our great sport, as it's literally just an air raid siren playing. Dusty points out how well all the commentary team are getting on tonight, but then Dusty cuts Tony off because he tries to answer a question that Dusty had asked Mike. It's much like ourselves on here, you know, we, we, we try to be harmonious and then things just break down. <laughs> uh, Logan, um, much like the first match, um, I, I don't know whether I was just expecting a bit more from these two gentlemen, but we, we get to the, we get to good, but not great levels. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you on this one. Um, like, like you kind of just said, this cool match on paper, uh, but it seems like based on the storyline uh, that it was, it was like kind of a huge letdown that we didn't get Benoit Raven here. I feel like that was really what they had been building to. And I know you get it next month, but this is supposed to be the big show, you know. So, um, yeah, I think I think they don't. I don't think they ever say what Raven's injury is, but he has like an inflamed pancreas or something like that, Ooh. which is sounds just awful. I don't I don't know that I've ever heard of anybody having an inflamed pancreas, but it was something that sounds, like that. That sounds very painful. That sounds very awful. But um, Kidman at one point hits a shooting star press from the apron. I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, this is one of those. It's like a perfectly fine match. Uh, it's kind of uninspiring and really overbooked at points. But technically it was fine. But they just kind of I, – I, I don't – this is going to sound stupid. But they kind of just wrestle for, you know, 10 minutes. And then nothing yes. exciting really happens throughout the whole thing. So um, I went two on it, but that was just kind of out of respect for the guys in the match, I guess. So well, um, it was, perfectly fine. It, it was a bit like betwixt and between, wasn't it? Because like you say, they, they're doing like a wrestling match, but then you've got all this Ravens rule stuff without Raven actually being in the match. Yeah, and they don't really like not, use, they don't really use the stip other than like the interfering. They don't like use weapons or anything like that. So that could have been a little spice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the flop, though, we do get we do get a great uh, uh, one of our many great dusty lines of the night. As uh, Dusty wonders at one point what the flock was going on, which is both a great line and a great pun. Pun. So you know, I was I was all over that. I I really enjoyed that. Um, now, Callum, like, like I say, that the the air raid siren. That, I mean, I don't know whether that just annoyed me straight away, and I was in a pretty low place with this match. But I, I, I mean, all right, Garth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I was no. I, I'm like the Simon Cowell of this podcast. Come oh, on, man. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know. If I, if I start like singing, you raise me up, or uh, you know. Getting ready for a key change, and we know we know we're in trouble. Um, <laughs> um, so, like I say, Callum, like this was just this was just betwixt and between. It was almost like it was two separate matches that they just melded together, and it was a bit. It was just a bit of a mess in parts. Yeah, it was as if a lot of the match was as if they have they still they didn't change the booking from Benoit Raven. They just put Saturn in his place. Yeah, um, that's a good that's a good analogy. Um, which is fine because Perry Saturn can he's he's like very very good. Um, as as the sort of the 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 step up moonsault, out, the outrageous step up moonsault from a man that size will attest to. He's very good in the ring. Um, but I don't think this type of match really 
works without Raven being in there. Um, I, 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 they, they had they had all the they, they had all the the Raven bells and whistles in amongst what should have been a, a very good match between Benoit and Saturn, um, and like Kidman's interference. Very, very good. Heroin addict Kidman, I've got here. Heroin addict Kidman, good times. <laughs> um, very, very I, 1997. I, I, I could I imagine you being a heroin addict Kidman fan, and, and 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 I bet you're a sick boy guy as well. Um, well, was was it sick boy? It was sick boy that did the did like the springboard from the 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 rail outside. Um, because I can't imagine it was I can't imagine it was Scotty Riggs that did that. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was very, it was very, 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 very strange. Um, a couple of things that that I've got noted down here is how eerie some of the things with Benoit were was, like the promo at the start when I rest, I rest in reason. When I move, I move in passion, and I'm passionate about nothing more than inflicting pain. <sighs> okay, um, and then Mike Tenay saying he'll put, yeah, you need to put him away or he'll snap and get back to you. And I never say die attitude from Benoit. All of these things look very, very suspect in hindsight. Uh, Mike Tenay commenting that the wrestlers paid their own airfare to come to Starcade. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't show their commitment to the cause, Mike. That shows that you're just a shit employer. <laughs> Does that, mean, does that mean like when with the with the with the commentators like Bobby Ean and with the with the all with the fans and the wrestlers in the airport because you know the fans always talk to Bobby in the airport. I remember that they do, but this but yes, but this time they were um they they, they paid for their own, so they may have got, they may have sprung extra to go to the lounge or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest takeaway from this match is Greg Valentine still worked for WCW in nineteen ninety seven. He sure did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the match was the match itself was was perfectly fine between two ring generals as you would as you would expect. Um, it was fun that the the break the, the breaking down of the whole thing was fun with Benoit fighting off all the interference before he get finally and nothing says more that this match was in, was was never changed with the fact that the finish was the even flow DDT. Yes. So yes. that is just to me that just puts a fit. Obviously, Raven was going to get involved at some point, but the finish was the was the even flow after all the interference. The rings of Saturn at the end was just was just because it was Saturn that was in the match, as opposed to anything else. Uh, so I've gone two and a half. It was it was it was perfectly perfectly fine. Um, I've got a smidge above. I've I've gone two and three quarters. Um, speaking of Benoit, though, I have made, I have made the note after the. Admittedly, very impressive diving headbutt, which you know, that was a genuine three quarters of the way across the ring. I know the, I know in commentary that that line said quite a lot, but this time it genuinely was three quarters across the ring. Um, I thought, ah, that'll be another move on Benoit's head and neck. I'm sure nothing bad will happen in later years as a result of all this. Well, I've got a note about that as well because it shows you that in slow motion. After mm. the match, and he lands Temple first onto the man's shoulder, ah. with with no effort whatsoever to soften the blow. To to he didn't put his hands down to 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 soften the landing. He just goes Temple first into one of the hardest parts of that man's body. Well, you know, like like I say, nothing, nothing, nothing bad or eerie will happen as a result of all this. You know, everybody will live happily ever after. 
Where's Where's Capel when I need him to ask him what Benoit really did? That's all. That's all yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I mean, what did he really do? Exactly. 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 You know. Right, gentlemen. At this point, before we get to our final four matches, I think we should take a break. So, for Callum McDougall and Logan Crosland, Crosland, I'm sorry, Logan. I didn't even get your name right now. Let me uh, put my teeth back in. For Callum McDougall and Logan Crosland, my name's Ben Locke, and we will see you on the other side. Welcome back to episode number 31 of Chicken Side. My name's Ben Lock. I'm here with Logan Crosland and Callum McDougall. Um, if you were if you would have been able to hear us during the break and you were a fan of Maroon 5, this would have been the podcast for you. But sadly, we've got to go back to our show that we are talking about tonight, which is Starcade of 1997. Our next four matches, Pitt. The NWO versus WCW, uh, which the commentators tried to sell as we are going to be fighting for the control of the entire company. It's going to be based on these four matches. The first of which, Pitts, Buff Bagwell against Lex Luger. Uh, And I would also like to remind you all that literally just four months earlier, Lex Luger was the world champion of this company. Bagwell on the way to the ring tells us it's not Lex Luger. It's Lex Loser, which is very, very creative. Um, I will go to Callum first, because this felt like WCW were trying to make this uh, buff, big, like, singles pay-per-view debut. And to say the lad fluffed his lines is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> first note I've got here, besides sort of like 88, 89 run, this is probably peak Luger. From ninety five to ninety seven, he was he was excellent, but he's not he's not a ring general that, that's going to be capable of bringing a good match out above Bagwell, um, because Bagwell was I don't know what it is about him I don't I don't I don't get it it's he's always been fine but never better than fine and Luger's not a guy who's going to make him any better than fine. Um, it, it 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 wasn't good. Um, I did. I, I I found. I've got a note about how um, that I, I I love how this is the match that they show the full crowd shot from above. It did look like a very very impressive crowd. Um, but this was the first match that I don't think the crowd really really cared for because right before the show, right before and right after the crowd shot, the crowd is silent. 
I mean, they they could not give less of a fuck about this match. Um, yeah, match was awful, flat finish, and it didn't have the it didn't have the unpolished car crash um, <laughs> benefit of it. Um, so yes, this one I've got this one I've gone half a star on. I didn't enjoy it. I barely took any notes for it because there was nothing really to take notes on. Um, a match, you know, a match is going to go downhill fairly quickly when the first thing that Buff Bagwell does is delay, stall, and then bring out Vincent because that's what the <laughs> match, because that's what the match needed was more Virgil. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. So, it was a. It was a bit shite. And only a bit shite. I like that. Right. I. I have. I've got a couple of notes, but I'll bring two to your attention. Um. And then the second one, I'll bring Logan in on. Uh, the first one reads, I've got, um, there's a close-up of Harlem Heat with Stevie Ray wearing a lovely purple velvet top. When, you know, I, I know we have the fashion statement later on, but when, that's one of my main notes about the match is the close-up of somebody in the crowd. That's a bit worrying. Um, and then Logan, like I say, I'll bring you in on this, um, where I've got Buff Bagwell gives Judy Bagwell a shout-out at one point, and if you like punches and chokes and wrestles, this is the match for you. Yeah, this match is just the most boring piece of shit ever. <laughs> Possibly, probably. I mean, these is two guys that just should never be matched up with each other. Like, like Callum said, Bagwell was never more than like perfectly fine. Uh, he was kind of a you know when when he was first starting and he was the rookie of the year, six years running. He was uh, he was kind of a plucky baby face, and you could kind of get into him there. But heel Buff Bagwell is just like one of the worst wrestlers uh maybe ever um nothing's more telling that the fact uh that about halfway through the match the fans are cheering more for something that's going on in the crowd than anything that's going on in the ring um <laughs> luger gets a bit charged up at one point kind of kind of late in the match and the crowd finally reacts a little bit but just that that's about the only point in the match where anything really happens uh, i went half star as well and I, I don't know if you guys noticed this but the heels are five for five uh in wins so far throughout the card so heels are dominating i, I didn't notice that but i did notice that the old wcw nwo scorecard kept changing through the night because it was it was one nil then it was one nil again after the tag match and it's still one nil now after this i'm like Guys, if you can't remember your own scorecard, then don't do it. <laughs> also, also, I don't know if you guys noticed, we got some great Luger shouting in Sally and shouting when he was delivering his clotheslines. I was like, a, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do the same as Matt does it, but you know, he, you know, he does, he does, he does the greatest Luger screams. <laughs> well, it's more like that's that. the one. That's the one. So our next match, gentlemen, is a match for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship, pitting the champion Kurt Henning against Diamond Dallas Page. This was meant to be Ric Flair as the challenger, but he got injured, so the card had to be moved around a bit, and we get DDP in this spot. Um, Callum, uh, sorry, I'll go to, sorry, Logan, I'll go to you for this one first. Um, Logan, this felt like almost like the crowning glory for DDP after the year he had where, you know, it began when he turned on the NWO. He had the trilogy with Savage and this was like the big crowning moment for that. And we talked about a guy fluffing his lines in the last match, DDP, basically 1997, he pretty much owned a WCW. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was definitely DDP's year, and this was a good way to kind of cap it off uh, with him winning the U.S. title. But um, I thought this was a perfect matchup of guys, kind of DDP's energy and power really meshes well with the fact that Henning oversells pretty much everything that's done to him. Uh, but I thought that made them for a pretty good matchup. Uh, Henning works the forever taped ribs of DDP at one point. <laughs> uh, but uh, he does a counter to the uh, – or uh, Henning does a di- – uh, reversal to the diamond cutter sorry i couldn't get that out i at one point and it was really well done uh there was a really uh funny spot where both of them connect with a punch and then they both fall on their ass i thought that was pretty funny a uh, pretty good spot uh at the towards the end of the match and i love all of the creative ways that ddp can get into the diamond cutter and uh this match is no different i thought the transition that he does off of the irish whip was pretty awesome um, and finally, a face wins on this card. Uh, but I, I thought it was a perfectly solid match. It wasn't anything too uh, amazing, but I, I thought it was a perfectly fine uh, contest between these two guys. So I went two and a half. Yeah, uh, same here. I, I, I've got that bit, no, pretty much exactly the same. Um, as sudden as it sounds, the ending was absolutely fantastic, which was the point of the diamond cutter. DDP's first singles title, and it's perfectly fine wrestling two and a half stars. I've got, um, and like we like we say, like we said, Callum, this match after that match last match felt like it went on for about three hours. This one, this one was only about ten minutes. It was like it was like a Cliff Notes version of what both guys could do, and. I, I personally would have wanted to see more, but 10 minutes, perfectly fine. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, this, this, was, this was in, out, and did what it needed to do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was, it was perfectly, it was perfectly acceptable for what it was, because I think this is, this is the start of the, the, the story now, is that WCW is now going to start to build momentum going into the main yes. event. It's it's fine that they've lost the matches that don't matter. This is like when it starts to matter, WCW starting to win, which is which is um which is fine for what they're which is probably the the way they wanted to go. Um the I've also got I've got a note about thingy about DDP rib tape. Um, it's like Bob Orton's cast or one for the football fans here, Karen Benzema's wrist bandage. Um, <laughs> Uh, Dusty um, makes a. <laughs> I'm just laughing about it again. So Dusty's making a very good point about DDP, but then it's distracted by something that he's thought of, and then tries to get Sting World Order over. And, oh yes, and, yes, the SWO. Yes. yes, but but fails to finish making his point, which I thought was which I thought was brilliant and very very Dusty. Um, the diamond cutter caught me off guard as well. I mean, it was it was absolutely fantastic. I popped the same way that the crowd did, um, and I'll also love Randy Anderson, um, who started celebrating that he'd hit it uh, before he started the before he started counting, which I thought was which is which I thought was brilliant. Randy Anderson always always good for a always good for, a, for an anti NWO celebration. Um, I, they, I love how they bigged up how big how important being US champion was as well. So Tony at the start of the match, given the old um the old uh, being WC uh, being the US champion, I um, makes you the number one contender for the world title. Yes. And Dusty uh, said a good few times DDP wins his first major wins his first major title, hyping it up as a big thing, but also uh, a big fuck you to the world TV title from former three time world television champion Dusty Rhodes. Um, but I, 
I thought this was I thought this was fine. I've gone I've gone two stars on it um, because I thought it it did sort of drag in the middle when um, Hennig was on was on offense, but uh, I think that's just because um, they, they had to they had to build to the DD they did the diamond cutter out of nowhere. So perfectly fine. Cool. I'm, I'm going to mention a couple of dusty lines as well here because uh, at one point when describing Kurt Henning, he he drops a phrase "dip the light fandango," which which popped me out. I don't know why it did, but it did. And as well as that, when uh, when uh, what was it? So yes, I've got DDP sends Henning outside and hits a plunger back in, and Page makes the wish with the ring post. Uh, dusty wonders if that is a hur- hurry come runner. Eh? Or a Johnny come lately? Like, <laughs> like, go on, go on, can't even get the name right. <laughs> and then, obviously, and then probably his best line of the best line of this match is when he quite rightly described uh, the Diamond Cutter as the move of the nineties. Um, it's kind of it's kind of worrying now as we're sitting here in twenty twenty two in late twenty twenty two. How the Cutter is basically just. Every single AEW and WWE mid-carders transition move of choice. Back here, it was absolute great. It was absolute death in a match, and that's how it should be. Do do not drag our beloved WWE into this because none of them would be allowed to do it because it's Randy's finisher. <laughs> uh, well, you know, <laughs> kind of try and do it, Randy. You can't do it. That's Randy's finisher, pal. But I think I think of all the things that do annoy me in wrestling, it is the fact that an AEW are the worst for it. Is the cutter is like now just a transition move? It's ridiculous. It's like it's like it's like the greatest. It's like literally one of the greatest finishing moves of all time. Just don't do that. <laughs> I know, and I'm glad that they keep some. It's it's a it's a everybody's transition move. I'm glad they keep some. Um, Finishing moves sacred like the sweet chair music. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> right, gents. Our next match is a match for the control of WCW Monday Nitro, pitting Eric Bischoff against Larry Zabisco. But for this match, gentlemen, we have a special guest referee who is Bret Hart, who has just signed with WCW, having left the WWF the month before. Uh, but Bret comes down to the ring in his own clothes. He could have at least put a referee shirt on to join, you know, to feel part of the crew. That would have been nice. Um, with with Eric Bischoff is Scott Hall. Uh He's with Bischoff because Tony mentions that if Larry wins, as well as WCW keeping control of Nitro, Zabisco also gets Scott Hall in a match that's sold out if he wins. Larry is wearing a very sparkly jacket to the ring, as I instantly regret Callum not having Matt on this podcast to be against, so I could get Larry Zabisco's opinion on the clothes that he's wearing tonight. As for the match, it's 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 a wrestler versus a non-wrestler and not a particularly good non-wrestler to begin with. So, uh, again, it was punches and kicks and, and more karate kicks than anything, I thought. I mean, yeah, you're, you're working around... You're having to work around um, Bischoff's limitations. Um, 
Understand, understandably so, because you. Uh, this match was this match was, I mean, it was a match, fair enough, but it was more of an angle. There was nothing. It was obviously just to set up whatever they were doing with, with 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 Nitro. Um, the the one thing I've got here is that obviously they're treating Zabisco as like obviously his his thing is he's the living legend. Um. But at this point in time, he's 46 years of age, um, which is the same age that Shelton Benjamin is now. <laughs> uh, he is a... So, to put this in perspective, Larry Zabisco's 46, so is Shelton Benjamin. Bobby Lashley's 45. Rey Mysterio is 47. And the, 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 the strangest one of all, Ray, um, R- R-Truth is 50. <laughs> that that shocked me more than anything else. Um, Bret Hart must uh, Bret Hart's got the look on his face already of fuck this company. He does not want to be there one bit. <laughs> um, Scott Hall, my, my note about Scott Hall is it must be a I, I get other than what a waste is it must be a burden to Scott Hall to be immediately the coolest man uh, in the room anytime you walk into a room. Um, but I don't know how to rate this one there wasn't much to it it did what it needed to do as I say it was more of an angle than anything else so I will I I will defer my rating till I hear what everyone else has done I'm going to cop out of it Uh, oh are you doing are you doing that thing again I'm doing that thing again yeah Absolutely. <laughs> I will. I will say I did like the rope dope thing in the corner. That 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 spot was very good. Yeah, Dusty called that out. Really. Now, now Logan. What I will say, we you know we were bigging up the commentators tonight quite a bit, but um, I don't know if you felt the same as me, but I, they so annoyed me with all the Bret Hart like you know. Is it you know is NWO already because he tried to actually apply some rules to a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were super obnoxious in this match and the next match, honestly. Um, yeah, you know, they were trying to put over how important the show is and how important the events of tonight are, but it just got obnoxious uh, in this one and the next one. Um, but Larry is a hell of a candidate to pick to defend the honor of Nitro for WCW. <laughs> um, also amazing how Larry hasn't aged through all the pods that I do that he is involved <laughs> in. He looks exactly the in all three, um, there were lots of stalling and karate uh, in quotes uh, to start things. Uh, that's what I said. Uh, Larry eventually gets pissed and kind of goes after Eric after all of the karate shenanigans. Um, and then he goes for like every submission possible to get Eric to tap. But everyone seems to be a chokehold and Brett makes him break it. Um, and then the one that he locks in on his legs, uh, he crossed to the rope. So. No tap there. Um, Larry yelling at Brett makes me happy. Uh, any Anytime Larry yells at somebody, it makes me think of Matt. It makes me think of all the hilarity of the, the, the hilarity of Highway and Seven Months of Danger and all that. Um, Bischoff's, uh, I put quote unquote strikes, leave something to be uh, leave something to be desired uh, when he has him in the corner. Uh, doesn't connect with most of them, but uh, I was gonna say, I, excuse I, me, excuse me, Logan. Some of them did graze Larry. There could have been, been some damage. He should have stuck with the kicks because his punches were uh, uh, less than stellar, I'll say. Um, <laughs> and then I love when the 
they put the steel plate in the little uh, kick pad, and as soon as he lifts his leg to swing it at Larry's head, it flies out into the crowd. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't even, it's not even in it when it connects. So, but what a mess of an ending, just all the disqualification and stuff, or whatever the decision that they ended up giving this one. But um, for, La- for my love of Larry, I gave it one, but other than that, it's just a complete disaster. I've I've gone half. Understandable. Callum, go on. You've you've got to declare now. Right. So what I'll do is I will go. I will go a half as well. Only because talking about uh, Bischoff strikes, I I'm given a half of basically for Eric Bischoff. Um, one saying on his podcast when talking about this match that he could. He couldn't properly do his karate onto onto um, Larry Zabisco because he was so proficient. He could kill him ah. or something or something along those lines. <laughs> he was so confident in his karate ability that he thought he could actually do proper damage to the man. Uh, so yes, ha- half is a, there half any? A, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say no. half a star for his um, for his hubris and his uh, karate skills. Go on, is there? Is there any more full of shit person in the history of planet Earth than Derek Bischoff? Um, we are well. We are getting to the second part of that in a second, so hold that thought. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to say no, but I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is, is he more of a is he more of a karate champion than Eric and Ernest Miller was? Because Ernest Miller, Ernest Miller managed it three times. So what did Bischoff get to? Do you reckon four or five? <laughs> I think I think he I think he's admitted that Ernest Miller is probably the only person that could uh, reach his level of karate karateism. So, uh, yeah. Was, was, karateism. Was, was Ernest Miller not his son's karate coach? I don't know. That's not the story how he got I his think, job. I think so. I think they're they're, they're sounds, somehow connected. That sounds right. That. Mm. that sounds right. Nepotism running wild in WCW, brother. Um, two other things I, I should have mentioned. Uh, Logan did mention one of them. Yeah, Larry, Larry Zabisco's haircut has not changed in 20 years, at least. It's just that it's just the volume of hair that's changed over the years, but that the actual style has not changed. And also, Larry coming down to ringside with the nitro music, that was a choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. That was a choice. And my favorite line from Larry is in the middle of the match, he gets called out for choking Bischoff, and he's like, damn it, Hart, that wasn't a choke, you idiot. (laughs) God bless you, Larry, God bless you. (laughs) That was our semi-main event for the evening. The main event tonight is for the World Heavyweight Championship, which is... Hulk Hogan defending against Sting. This is Sting's first match for 18 months, so there has been a lot of build-up for this match. Um, so what really should have happened here is Sting should have semi-squashed Hulk in about five minutes, ending the reign of terror of the NWO after the, after the said 18 months. But what we actually got was, well, you'll find out. Um, now, Logan, the big, the big um, thing with this match is Hulk and Eric Bischoff apparently saw Sting and thought he was out of shape, which kind of 
Which, like I say, when you've been out the ring for 16 to 18 months, guess what? You're not going to be in the best shape. That's the entire... That's that's what just what happens. That's just natural. And also that the man didn't have a tan. Now, if I'm playing a character that's meant to be up in the rafters, up in the shadows, a bit mysterious, based on the film The Crow, guess what? I'm not going to have a fucking tan either. <laughs> no, you are absolutely correct. Um, I, I'm one of my notes even says like I won't say he has the quote unquote muscle definition that he has had in the past, but I surely don't think he looks he looks out of shape. I mean, I, and I, I surely don't think he doesn't look tan. He's much tanner than I am. I, I, I'm a very pale person. You know, I just—he <laughs> he looked fine to me. Um, he did get a, a little gassed at points, but like you said, he hadn't been in the serious wrestling match in you know almost a year at this point, so, or over a year. Um, but yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. And saying that's why they kind of uh, waffled on the idea of uh, going going with him here. Um, but my first note is uh, during Buffer's uh, intro of Hulk Hogan. He says that his name is a household word, not a household Ooh. name, but a household word. So I don't really know what he was going for there. Um, and then during Sting's intro, uh, the little light show and voiceover that they did was really cool with his music yes. playing in the background. Yes. I really like that. But uh, going from there, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how quickly they make uh, Sting just seem like a normal guy. Um, right after that, after they have this big extravagant entrance for him, they make him just look like the most normal person with how this match goes. Um, I really think it's amazing the change that Sting's gone through throughout the last year or so. Um, just smiley, bright Sting with all the colorful paint and all that kind of stuff to like scowling dark Sting that never, uh, never smiles. Uh, I really think that's a real stark contrast and it's, uh, a testament to him that he, he was able to switch on a dime like that. But, um, like you said, I won't say it should have been a straight squash and he should have beat him in like two minutes, but this should never have been more than about five to seven minutes. Um, you know, Hogan could get a few cheap shots in or something like that, but Sting really needed uh, to take this one pretty convincingly and just really take it to him. Um, but like I said earlier, they just kind of present him as another guy and that shouldn't have been the case. It's just... It's just one of those things. And and then the false finish with the Nick Patrick cheating fast count bullshit is just stupid. And then Hart comes out and it's just another it's another match in a row that's just a complete mess at the end and it just stinks. I almost want to give it a dud, but I gave it a one just because I thought Sting winning was still a good moment, but it, it was kind of muddled at the same time. Remember, no controversy, Logan. No controversy in this match. That's why that's why Nick Patrick's there for no controversy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JJ doesn't get fucked on that idea. But what I will what I will say before I throw to Callum is everything from when Brett appears, that is pretty much how the match should have gone. Like, you know, exactly. Stinger Stinger squashes all around, Sting fights off the NWO. And like you say, about about five minutes. Would have been the perfect length. Um, Callum, our, our good friend Rory McNamara in our special relationship chat when we said we were watching this show, um, asked a very good question, and I'll, I'll ask. And Logan can chip in on it as well. Um, do we think the match will get would be more fun, fondly remembered without the quote unquote fast count in it? I, 
No. I don't. Yes, I don't know if fondly. <laughs> I don't know if fondly remembered is the correct terminology for it, but I don't think it would be as shat on as it much, mm-hmm. as much as it is. Um, yeah, I, 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 it still wasn't the, the the layout of the match still wasn't great. Yeah, it's just too long and boring to, for for the for the longest stretch, and then and then they do that, so it makes it even worse. But um, yeah, I think it might be looked upon a little uh, nicer uh, if they didn't do that, because that just makes you know Bischoff and Hogan just seem like absolute, especially with Pods later on about him being out of shape and being pale and not not tan enough. Um, just makes that even worse. But yeah, I, I don't think it would be as shat upon, but it still probably would be like, man, they really did this to Sting. They didn't let him kill this guy. I mean, like, I mean, I, I know, am I right in thinking, Logan, that you guys in America with the Peacock still don't have the chapters on your record on the network anymore? Um, if you have, uh, yeah, you, it doesn't have the chapters, but if you have a, a, the ad version, uh, it kind of, you know, there's an ad before each match or in between each match, so um, it kind of lays it out a little bit, but it doesn't have like a clickable like, "Hey, this is when this match starts." Um, the only reason I mentioned that is because we obviously we talk about the match length, and the the chapter for this match is about 22 minutes, so the match itself is still 15 minutes long, even with, admittedly, the cool sting entrance and all the post match gaga. Um, that's that's the reason I want to be, uh, mention it. Uh, Callum, I'll, I'll also throw to you. Um, we haven't a we haven't a few podcasts we've done together on the chicken on chicken salad um, mentioned about dropkick pub uh, dropkick cast um sting not not the first one but there was a couple of dropkicks in there that he could be a contender for dropkick cast I thought that, and when and when that's one of the highlights of the match you know I'm stretching for things <laughs> five stars nice dropkick um, <laughs> I would get no I'd go more four four. <laughs> <laughs> five, five stars it was in the Tokyo one, one quite Bob, Bob Holly level so <laughs> exactly exactly um, yes there wasn't much to this match um, I don't have many notes on the match itself because as you say it's a bit plodding it's a bit long for what it needed to be um, but I was also at, I was also at the time um, trying to remember what my justification was for having the match the way it was and I think I can remember it now. Now, for, before I go into that, <laughs> before, before before you indulge me in that one, um, the, the, the thing that I, that I thought of, so the very start of the, like, the video package and then Sting's entrance, it's, it's not stuff that WCW are really renowned for. Um, but I thought the presentation for this was, was excellent. Mm. It's matches like this is why you have Michael Buffer as well. Big match feel. Um, and he just brings a slightly extra gravitas to it. Now, I totally agree with you that in, in the way that it was, after the night has progressed the way it has, the match should have been um, a, a squash. From, from the time that Brett comes out to the very end, it's fine. However, also have to balance that up with the fact that he's not been in. You need to tell the story that the man's not been in the ring for six, for 15, 16 months against the world heavyweight champion. So I don't, I don't necessarily think the the finish and the layout of the match is bad in theory. It was how it was in practice that that, that made it work. To make it work, 
the, the way the way I see it is to make it work properly, you have to have had the, dub, the NWO win every match beforehand, and make it seem like Sting really is WCW's last hope. So they've lost Nitro. They've none of the champions are with the NWO. The, the big champions are still with the NWO. Everyone's down, but you've still got Sting. The, 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 the Sting has still to come. It could all turn round. You start off with the, you have the story that Sting has to. Sting comes out all guns blazing like he does in after Brett, and he has. But they, they they hammer home the point. He's not resting fifteen months. He's got to win the match early. If not, then. That, that 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 that's him done because Hogan could take over because he's because he's not ring he's not get all the ring rust. He doesn't. Hogan then takes over. You then have your plodding match, which is fine. You then have that I've 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 embellished here with a bit of the fantasy booking. The WCW guys in the crowd. So Hogan's starting to come out, get all cocky. The NWO came out. They start celebrating before the match is already done. The WCW guys in the crowd take exception. Hot the guardrail, all out brawl. WCW are fighting back. You then have Sting seeing this. That builds the momentum for WCW. Sting starts to fight back, locks in the Scorpion Deathlock to the point where you then have what Montreal was meant to be. Hogan then rolls up Sting. Well, he's trying to put on the Scorpion Deathlock, fast count, and this is where Brett comes in. And you actually have a fast count. Brett comes in, not having any of that shit. Match restarts, and then you have, then you have the bit from when Brett comes in to the very end, it stays exactly the same. You can sort of, um, you you can sort of write off the fact that NWO won Nitro by Ted Turner coming out and going, I own the company, I own the network. You're not having fucking NWO Nitro on my network. So it's back to WCW. And then you do the opposite of what the NWO did before, where the triumphant WCW guys came out, start tearing down all the NWO signage. Everyone's a winner. So I don't think it was I don't think it was necessarily bad in in, in theory, but it was how it played out was was how it went tits up. Hmm. Now, mm-hmm. as far as far as I'm concerned, this this should have been it for the NWO for a year. Like, I I've always maintained that what happened in the Georgia Dome that's that actually is fine if you let the NWO go away for a bit. It's the fact that the NWO never went away. Uh-huh. That's why that's why the Georgia Dome fell fell flat on its arse. So this for me should have been the you know the last chapter of this particular book of the NWO. You know you've you've nailed everything else. Just stick the landing and you never stick and you know you never stuck the landing because like. Like Logan says, the match we, this match doesn't need to be a story. This could this should have been a dud. Like you know, Sting no selling the shit out of everything Hogan does and just killing him with the with the Stinger splashes and the Scorpion Deathlock. That's what the match. That's what it should have been. Um, I've had a look on our good friends at Wikipedia, gentlemen. Um, would you would you like to hazard a guess how long this match actually was? Uh, fifteen twenty. Callum, fifteen nineteen. Uh, you're both. You're both actually uh, over. It, it was twelve fifty three. Oh, it seemed much longer no than way. that. Twelve fifty three. But in comparison to some of the other matches we've praised tonight, so DDP Henning was ten fifty two. Saturn and Raven was ten minutes and fifty. And Eddie and Dean was only two minutes over this, which at fourteen fifty seven. 
the longest the longest match of the night, both literally and met, and in our brains, was Bagwell and Luger. Somehow they gave them sixteen and a half minutes. Jesus Christ! Who thought that was a good idea? Well, the man who thinks the man who usually runs the times and the endings was on commentary, so. <laughs> I think, God. I think I think quality control was out the window for a bit, <laughs> but yeah, like like I say, and I and I don't know how you guys feel about the NWO and everything, but this this really should have been it. This should have been the crowning moment for WCW, and just let just let them go away for a bit. You know, you can't miss somebody if they never go away. Well, that was meant that I thought that was meant to be the whole point was that. The whole point that you don't have Sting wrestle for that amount of time, all building to Starcade, was meant to be this was WCW's final triumphant coming out party and they're taking mm. control back. And then, yeah, yeah, not quite. But hey, you know, Hogan's got to win, brother. Or Hogan's got to look good, I should say. I mean, we were still drawing money. Why would we? Why would we go away? Oh, oh, that's another that's another five hundred dollars. Sorry, Kev. Right. I, I don't I don't know I don't know what just happened. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that is the end of this show, but it's not the end of our show because we've got some awards to give out. Uh so first of all, I'd I'll go to Callum. Best match of the night. I I would have to say it has it has to be um Eddie versus Dean. Excellent. Uh Logan? Eddie Dean without a doubt. <laughs> Excellent. And I will make that a clean sweep for Eddie and Dean. Um, sit with Logan. Worst match? Um, Goldberg and McMichael, even though Sting and Hogan would probably want it on any other night. Um, I've gone for Goldberg and Mungo, but I have made a note of that might be the that might be the worst match ratings wise, but I I if I never have to see Bagwell Luger again, I will die yeah, a happy man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Callum? Hey, I went Bagwell Luger as the worst match. That's absolute. I, uh, you know, I can't, uh, I really can't argue with that. Um, sticking with Callum, most surprising match of the night. Remember, su- most surprising can be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Um, Mongo Goldberg, I'll go with that one because I didn't. I didn't. I'm not saying it was particularly good, but I didn't hate it. it, was, it was, well, we finally had the Sean Kidd Award to give out. Oh yeah. Oh, we wrapped that up a long time ago. Don't worry about that. I'm, I'm sorry, but it wasn't. It was. It was. I'm not saying it was. I'm not saying it's like starflation worthy. I'm just saying it is. It was. It was. It was watchable. It was a car crash. <laughs> uh, Logan, most surprising match of the night? Um, I, I'll probably go Saturn Benoit for how boring it was. Um, yes, I, I, would I'd expect, I would. I would have expected more from them. And then obviously, main event should have been better than it was. So, mm-hmm. but uh, Saturn and Benoit is what I'll go with uh, for sure. Now, usually our next award of the evening is the Sean Kid Award for the biggest shit take of the night. I mean. Logan, Callum was going to win it anyway for daring to write, rate that Goldberg Mungo match at one and a half stars. But after that last comment, he's he's not just wrapped it up; he's practically put like 
he's he's put a he's he's wrapped it, he's put a lovely bow on it, he's written with his best pen on the on the pad on the you know the thing to tell you that whose present is he's he sealed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. That one's yours tonight, Callum. Revel in it. I'll own it. I'll own it. I should. I should give Callum the chance to actually nom- try and nominate somebody else. I mean, it's not going to work, but you know, he can. He can at least nominate. Oh no, I'm quite happy to own it. I, I stand oh, by okay. it. I stand by it. That's, okay. a, hell, that's a hell of a die on. Okay, he's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna die on that hill, good lad. <laughs> Uh, I will stick with Callum. Uh, the fashion statement for tonight, Callum. Who are you giving it to? Um, well, there was, a, there was a few in the uh, there was a few in the um the the, the, the WCW crowd. I, I loved Ray and uh, Mortis sitting there with mask. Um, I did. Lo- <laughs> I, I did love. I did love uh, Harlem Heat's get up. Um, I, I think I might. I think I might just go with. Mortis because he's in regular person clothes with the Mortis mask, which I think is just a wonderful combination. Now, um, mentioning, I'm glad you mentioned Mortis. I mean, you know, we've, we've had Kevin Nash on tonight, but wouldn't it be wonderful, Callum, if we hear, got to hear what James Vandenberg was talking to Alex Wright about all evening? Because we 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 cut to them a couple of times and we saw uh, we saw them two having a right good chin wag. We did. We did. <laughs> But you know, I mean, if we had, if you know, if we had Shit somebody back. on the line, you could, if we had somebody on the line, you could maybe, you know, let us know what James Vandenberg said. That would be, you know, what a nice thing that would be. <laughs> hey, Alex, I think you should eventually go by Berlin and slick your hair back and put on some weird sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, James. <laughs> Uh, and, Logan and, and Mortis was just sitting there saying, "Who better than Mortis? <laughs> <laughs> Who better than Mortis? Nobody." Uh, Logan, your fashion statement to the evening. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Dusty. He had a nice like western black shirt on with his bolo tie, so I'm gonna go with that one. Uh, I've I've got two, so I've I've I mentioned them both as we go, but yeah, Larry's Larry's sparkling jacket that was mm-hmm. a winner. And Stevie Ray's lovely velvet, purple velvet top he decided to have on that was very, very tight fitting. But, um, you know, are you going to tell him that it doesn't really fit him? I'm not. <laughs> um, and as I, as I said at the beginning of the show, we've got a bonus award for tonight, which is your Dusty Rhodes commentary line of the, light, the night. Logan, is, is there any particular great Dustyisms that you've you picked up on? Um, I, I'm definitely gonna have to go with uh, her, her come Rana or uh, Johnny come lately. I, I, I really that one really caught my ear and I, I really enjoyed and laughed about that one. For a so, uh, I'll go with that one. Uh, Callum, any any anything that uh, tickled your fancy? Uh, yes, but other than other than the 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 the, the Rana, um, there was uh, as I mentioned the. Um, the, the Sting World Order where he distracts himself, and in the first <laughs> in the first match after the the, the sort of the, the the reverse stun gun type thing, he goes that'll make your back crack and your liver quiver. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah, I I've got to go with what the flock are they doing? Like I say, it was a great line and a great bun. What what more in life do you need than that? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, probably our most important award of the night. Uh, I will go to Callum first. Uh, is this show chicken salad or chicken shit? Um, it, chicken, chicken shit because it's like it was. Ch- it had the potential to be chicken salad, and then it was like so forgettable that it was still in the fridge that you forgot mm. about it, and then turned to chicken shit. Now, I, I, I know uh, Logan's our usual king of the analogy, but I've come for one that. Uh, us, Brit, us Brits will appreciate Callum, I think. Uh, I don't think this particular brand's um, made it to the US, so I'll, I'll say to you, um, this show should have been the best, most satisfying salad of your life. Like getting a salad from the harvester and they've just put a fresh load of the red sauce on, so you can pour that all over. But it ended up just being absolutely terrible chicken shit. Uh, Logan, what say you? Yeah, I don't have a really creative analogy, but it's definitely chicken shit. Um, there were, you know, a couple good matches in here with Eddie Malenko and Paige Hennig, but everything else was either disappointing or just absolutely dog shit, <laughs> or just dis- you know, just overall just not very good. Um, but yeah, this just not a very good show, and it's more of a disappointing show. And it's one of those that'll just. It, it, it's it's not as bad as a boring show, but it's 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 somewhere in the middle between that and just like a comically bad show. Um, it's just it's so so disappointing. It uh, maybe maybe more of the boring shows that we've done in the past, but just not very good at all. Yeah. I, I, what makes it worse is this was this was a, 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 again to go back to a, to go back to a football analogy. This was a this was a tapping. This, yeah. this this would this was you are in front of the goal, the goalkeeper is at the halfway line, there is nothing stopping you from scoring here, and they still mm. managed to put it wide. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. This 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 is the easiest layup in the history of layups, yeah. and they somehow yeah. missed it. The, the, right. This is this is this is Dan Jones against the Eagles two years ago, running through nobody's there, touchdown beckoning. And you trip. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Um, now, Logan said, obviously, where we rank the show. So let's go to the lead table. So criminally bad show, Logan. We have got Uncensored at number 13 on our list. So are we saying this show is worse than Uncensored 95? Yes. Okay. So I will start at number 12 and then we'll... If if you think this should go somewhere around, you know, just shout out and I'll I'll stop. So at number twelve we have SummerSlam twenty ten. Eleven Rumble oh six. The top ten starts with the Great American Bash of nineteen ninety one. Nine in your house Degeneration X. Eight King of the Ring ninety five. Seven, Halloween Havoc 92. Six, Survivor Series 99. And then we've got the top five. So do we think it is worse than any of those shows I've mentioned so far? I'm having a hard time ranking this one. I I don't think... I think it's... I think it's worse than everything that you've mentioned already. Okay, so... If we're happy with that, the top five are all WCW shows, which is kind of tells you something. So number five, Halloween Havoc of 99. Four, Super Bowl 2000. 
three for Brawl 99, two for Brawl 1993, and our number one is Bash at the Beach of 1999. Just trying to see, I'm trying to remember what was on Super Brawl 2000. Big, 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 big Al and uh, Tank Big Al and Tank. Jesus. I feel like I remember that more glowingly for the pod, but I would go between that and Fall Brawl 99 because I think that's the barrier of like Super Bowl 2000 is a bad show, but Fall Brawl 99 is a boring show. So I think yes. it's in there. I like, I like, I like that. I, I could go there. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, that because everything you've at least got Eddie and Dean on this. One. Yes. And Mongo Goldberg, obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously. So there's there is some redeemable qualities about this one. The the first three don't have anything. Okay, I redeemable. Yeah, so that, that, I think that's fine. I I shall put it there number four. Uh, speaking of Eddie and Dean, and I forgot to mention it because we don't bring. It's obviously an award we don't bring out every so often. I I I think we could put Eddie and Dean in the hidden gem category. I think that's uh, that's pretty safe to say because we all went we all went three and above on it. Yeah, it was it was very good for uh, the rest of the shit that surrounded it. Yes, yes, yes. I think you know the palate cleanser for for the rest of the two and a half hours after the fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, gentlemen. Um, before we wrap things up, um, Logan, have you got anything that you would like to plug or direct the ladies, our good ladies and gentlemen, to? Um. Just the regular stuff. Uh, Highway to the Impact Zone. We just did the final resolution of six episode. We recorded that last night. Um, YouTube Roulette, um, Starflation that a couple of y'all will probably talk about. Uh, who's next? That Callum mentioned earlier. The new NXT pod that me and Andy do. Um, but just listen to all the pods on all the networks. Uh, everybody's putting out great stuff right now. So listen to everything. Excellent. Uh, same question to you, Callum. Um. Yes, there's there, there is other than other than this fine pod, there is say Starflation, and there is uh, the special relations, um, which uh, we are on with the aforementioned uh, Rory McNamara. Um, and please uh, give a, a follow to all the live streaming services: uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Place to Be Nation, uh, Place at uh, YouTube.com forward slash at Place to Be Nation, all one word. Um, Facebook.com forward slash PTBN live and Twitter still hanging in there at PTBN YouTube. <laughs> yeah, special relations actually made a we actually we actually came through on a promise and made a very special triumph triumphant return last month. So uh we we should be back for the Christmas special. We're 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 hoping to anyway. That is that is the plan. We're, we may or may not be watching I as I am trying to um, get the boys to agree to uh, the bunkhouse stampede. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, somehow Rory managed to get us to watch WrestleMania 12 last year. So you might, you might succeed. I don't know. I, 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 you will take some convincing, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> which, has, which, which has uh, to tie off and back to this show has another, but um, has a Alcaraz Vasco match on it. All oh, ties wow. All ties oh, well, I'm sold. For the Western States Heritage Championship. Uh, yeah, so I think I'm, I think I'm on. I think the only pods I'm on now are, are, are on with all the with the chaps here. So I think all my pods have been mentioned. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to record with me anymore. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, um, great pods out there from everybody. So please listen in. That's uh, that's what I would say. Um, um, remember, guys, in a world where you can be anything you want to be, be kind. Thank you so much for listening to Chicken Salad this month. Oh, I wish you all, we, all, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And we will see you next month in 2023. Just a perfect day. Drink sangria in the park. And then later when it gets dark. We go home. Just a perfect day. Feed animals in the zoo. Then later a movie too. And then home. Oh, it's such a perfect day.